Good afternoon, everyone. Hope you're good. Oh, I feel I always when when this little frame thing's not on, I always feel naked. Where's that little frame thing? Very exposing without it. There we go. That's better. Thank you. Thanks for joining. Hope you're good. Um, really been looking forward to this. It's been an interesting topic that we've needed to get stuck into. Something that that's been raised a few times over the years. We've covered it then, but um, it's certainly and also I think it's been. Of to as topics go, our version of this conversation is something that we've had on chewing it over a number of times. Not necessarily event specific. Don't get me wrong, but like you know, fascinating things that that, that are, I think, physio and MSK's version of a wider cultural conversation that I think is important, and we should we should cover off, recognise where there is where it is a wider discussion, but also what what is going on in our corner of it. And so I'm really looking forward to getting stuck into this today with Evie Martin and Sue Julians. Unfortunately, Liz Prokopowicz can't join us. She was going to be, uh, she was the third hand that was raised when when I invited this discussion and she she unfortunately can't make it. Uh, but um, no doubt we'll, we'll hopefully be able to bake Liz onto future shows. She's been on Chewing It Over before and I know you all loved that that episode uh, about her, her recent blogging on, on not dissimilar topics, which is great. So we'll, we'll get her thoughts, no doubt, in time. Please let me know, as usual, whether or not you can hear okay. Uh, I've got a couple. I've got Evie and Sue loitering in the lobby there. They don't seem to be making a mess up. They're enjoying the snacks I left out. But give us a thumbs up if you can still hear us okay. Yep, good. Um, so then it's just up to you lot to let me know whether or not you can hear me, and we'll, we'll get cracking and bring them in to the show. Um, and hopefully in a few clicks, so I need to get shut of that. And then, hopefully, Sue and... Oop. Just double click, Sue. There we go. There we go. All right, okay. We're in. We're in. Can you hear me okay still? Yes. yes. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Right. So what I fancy doing to start off with, if that's okay, Evie, is you just you um you beg the question as you do brilliantly on, on Twitter a few a couple of weeks ago. Uh, admittedly, I then said Honestly, let's go there, but just let me get Therapy Live actually out of the way, if that's okay. And so we kindly scheduled it for now. But just tell us a little bit about what you found and and, and also why you felt it was worth chatting about. Well, I mean, I guess I saw, you know, it caught my eye immediately when I saw the Therapy Live um, agenda come out. And I was just looking at it going like, oh, seriously, like most of us in physio are women. How can it be that there are so few women at Therapy Live, to my eye anyway? And I was kind of going, oh, here we go again, like this, you know, it's the same thing we see over and over again. So I thought we might as well raise it again and try to get to the bottom of it. Um, I thought I might, I was planning to just actually start this by reading out this message that I got from uh, a guy, a physio. And I think this kind of sums up a bit of what we're trying to be about. I'm going to read it out. Is that all right? Of course it is. Yeah, I'm, ne I'm nervous what it says. I know. It's, it's absolutely lovely. I won't say who it is. He'll know, you know, if he sees their surveys listening. He goes, what an extremely sensitive and complex topic, which needs thrashing out between people who can be open and honest without judgment, which will never happen on Sony. Because it would be so stressful for anyone to discuss this topic in fear of in fear of sounding either like a chauvinistic prick or a brow waving contrarian at any second. The cultural complexity of this topic is fascinating and I would love to discuss this over points. I do my best, but I'm a white male from XYZ. This shit is so unconscious at times, it's scary. And then he goes on to say, um, I have four sisters, three sister-in-laws, a daughter and a wife. My mum was my biggest influence on how I behave, so I'm always interested in this topic. <laughs> Sorry for the rant, but this tweet caught my eye and I felt I needed to say something to you. <laughs> how interesting. Well, no pressure, eh? <laughs> yeah. 
I just thought this, I think that kind of sums it up because I mean, to my eye anyway, there, there is a bit of a problem. I, I think there's something wrong that, that 19 out of 100 sessions um, were by women only at Therapy Live when 75% of our profession is women. So that's um, one of the things that then I just wanted, on the on the stats because that's that's the thing that was interesting about what your numbers were because obviously we, we at, a, at a glance we were surprised at your numbers because you've you've gone for who is speaking solo and you felt that because you you know you've explained since as to why you feel that that was actually because we looked at on mass and that's obviously because we aggregate that because. Our panel discussion. Uh, come here, Jack. I did it that way just because it was the quickest way. I could look at and count one among one women. There were like 100 sessions. So I think we found out later, according to like later on, we I can saw pull that. The, I, can pull these, I can pull these up. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, later on, we saw that, yeah. So 39% of, of the people speaking at it were, were women. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's an interesting one. There's two things going on here, I think. Um, there's why were 75% of the people invited not women? And then there's why did a lower percentage of women accept? So there's like these two different things kind of going on. But mm. I don't know. I mean, like, what, you know, the other question with all this is like, is it definitely a problem? Like when I when I saw that therapy live, it sort of just gave me a bit of a, oh, no, like I, this, you know, there's something wrong here. But like with you, like, Jack, what did you, like, do you think there's a bit of a problem here or do you think it's something we should be concerned about? Like, what are your kind of feelings on it as such? I think that I think the statistics mask uh, a problem. I think the statistics are a really funny way of thinking that that gives you any conclusions. I think that people that overdraw from the statistics sometimes are making the mistake we wouldn't make elsewhere, which is drawing causation from correlation sometimes. And I think that that's a mistake. I'll definitely go into that in a little while in a bit deeper. So I'm not going to dodge that in full, but I do want to bring Sue in because I just want Sue, your sort of opening thoughts on the topic because you kindly threw your hand up when I suggested we should discuss it further. So I just wondered if I could just invite your, your comments on the topic as well as getting stuck into your answer, Evie, in a second. I guess my my initial reaction was uh, we need to think of all the reasons why this doesn't happen. It can't just be. I'm I'm not a big fan of quotas because I think if you force quotas on people, they find independent silos out with that. You end up having what you want is the women you want to hear speak to speak. You won't don't want any woman to speak, um, and that's an old fashioned view at the moment that the trend is very much against that. But but um, I think there are, are, are barriers as well that we need to look at. You know, you, you look at, for example, how many people come into the profession and how many people get to senior positions, you know, and do you need to be at a senior level to, to be able to speak? So is this 75% of the profession being female only female at the junior levels are they getting to be senior enough clinicians and academics in order to be you want to hear them anyway and if not where are the barriers to that to that career progression to putting you into a place that people want to hear you anyway and you've got something worthwhile to say um so um and then you've got the situation where as evie quite rightly said that you have a lot of women being asked who said no. And if you if, if you look at your figures slightly differently, Jack, where if 87% um, of the men 
you invited said yes. 67% of the women you invited said yes. If you managed to get that 67% of women, now I've just, I've taken those figures and slightly looked at them differently. Yeah, so if you managed to persuade, if you asked, if 87% of the women you asked said yes, you would have had 76 women speaking at, at Therapy Live. If you had quoted the invites as 50% men and 50% women with only 67% saying yes, you would only have 71 speaking. So it's not a question of asking an equal number or it is in a in some way, but you've got to persuade them to say yes as, as well. Uh, so, so what can we do to make that happen? Is it like um, a couple of people said, elevate the people you want, you know, promote the people you want. So if you get asked and you feel that somebody's better, persuade that person, mentor that person to be confident enough to stand up. And those are, are, are some of the, the areas which I think are, are more interesting. So there's a few things that have happened over the, because over the years, you know, this is not our first rodeo um, in, in, in this space really. And therefore we have got several different policies in place to try to account for some of the variables as we see it. Part of the analysis, like you said, Sue, and I'm forever saying it, probably at least every other show I mentioned getting all the cards on the table. So this is no different. Um, so there's one thing that I want to make sure I don't be seen to duck, really, is that I think that even if there was parity of invite, excuse me, parity of invites, or in this case, 75% of the, of the invited were, were women in keeping with the profession, let's just say that was the case. I think it would be remiss of me as an event organizer to then say, well, we asked, you know, and, and as if I then check out of that conversation there, I think it's remiss yeah, yeah. if we did that because there's something to do with sort of the culture uh, and the uh, the circumstance of which that that invite is framed the language of which that invite is made from what from which pool from, from how accurately are we then placing uh, any of the invitees into the into the into the program so i definitely want you you know you and the audience to know that that, that i don't uh, i don't shy away from us having some responsibility beyond an invite but then to come to your question um specifically evie because I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to duck it, but I did just want to get get Sue's opening opening points. Is I'm going to kick over what is the biggest landmine on this topic, typically for me, having having been there before, been been to much more contentious issues than this, by the way, on and off air. Um, but the big one for me is that when you're looking at raw statistical data like this, it's not raw, but it's like you just you were aggregating numbers, then I think that the the differences between the data groups is relevant in any given time. And I am someone that is bold enough to say that I think there are far, far more relevant similarities, but there are relevant differences between men and women on a biopsychosocial and many other metrics that then come somewhat will play out in any data set. Now, that therefore doesn't mean that you then throw your hands up and say, well, nothing can be done therefore, as if that's an inevitability. But I think that on the, on, on the mean, there are dispositional differences in personality that might well mean that there are likelihood of acceptance of, um, of an invite. We've been on this show, talked a lot about imposter syndrome, including on the show at Therapy Live, uh, that can then therefore sometimes uh, affect women more than men in some instances. And there are various reasons as to why. But then when those things are in play, which is contentious in and of itself, but I'm admitting is, is a position I hold, 
then that is something that might well play out in the data. And so one of the things that you asked is, is there a problem at all? Is that I think there is. I think there are several different types of a problem. And there's definitely stuff that we need to try to aspire to solve. But I think that the statistics don't don't get as close to it. In fact, I think they can disrupt. I think they can they can be if they are part of what is being considered in an analysis, fine. But sometimes they are seen as being a conclusion we need to aspire to. And I think that is a classic place that some place some people hide. I think there are some conference organizers that hide behind that. Look at our statistical parity when actually it's corrupt underneath. And I know our processes and our, I know how robust they are and I would defend them against that policy. Whereas actually it's been implied by many that that is sort of the holy grail. And I just disagree with that. Look, I, I, uh, I'll just respond there. I, I think what you're explaining there, I suppose, is the difference between, or the reason for that 20% difference in accepting the invitation between men and women. Like Sue pointed out there that 87% of men accepted the invitation, whereas only 67% of women. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so there was that 20% difference. So I suppose, you know, if, if you're talking about differences in interests and, and dispositions between the sexes, then maybe we could explain that 20% difference um, by that. But the question of, I suppose, I think maybe where there might be more responsibility for course organizers or, or whoever might be in, in just the actual number of people invited. So again, to keep going back to, if you have a profession that's 75% female, why are 45% of the invitees uh, female? And I think maybe Sue is definitely onto something there with the idea that there are more men in senior positions, maybe in the profession in general. So I think part of, you know, it's only only that, that difference in acceptance of the invitation probably comes down to a difference. Well, in I would I would say, though, that, that, that my, my point wasn't just on the acceptance of invitation. My point is on the dispositional difference in personality and their aspirations and ambitions that might well play a part in the fact that you've got those career progressions as to why... No, it's funny instance because me and me and my wife are both extremely extroverted at the top 90 percentiles and have got various different similarities. But one of our relevant differences is that she just could not be asked to do half of the stuff that I do and, and, and is amused at the fact that that would be seen as a downside, that she, she makes those decisions and that that is then seen, the fact that why is it that that metric is something that should be lauded? It should for some people, and it's great, but not everyone aspires in that direction, and that's okay too. And she's still an incredible careerist woman, as well as mother, as well as the complexity around her person that means that just because she doesn't go on the internet and do what I do, means that why is that, that judge metric being relevant? So her, that has meant that that affects even the position that everyone is within their careers and that might then play out in gender statistics but anyway sue i just wanted yeah i just want to come come back on something that you said about the differences in male and female characteristics i think we have to acknowledge that testosterone plays a part in the aggressive way in which men take opportunities that are given to them however we also have to accept that social conditioning of females is completely different and if you now you when you take your wee boys to, to buy clothes you'll notice it more than anything else that we boys shoes even two years ago were called leader the wee girl shoes are called princess 
<laughs> you're constantly all the way through your childhood and I've, my girls are now 11 and 13 years old you see it time and time and time and time again that boys are meant to lead and this this leads to another um thing uh, in that may i feel that may, that male characteristic of aggression is massively overvalued i'd rather work with women who are generally socially conditioned to be more collegiate more thorough more worth listening to when they do get a chance to speak so although i accept that, that there are differences within the sexes they're partly conditioning and they are partly natural and actually female characteristics or those that are deemed to be female because everybody can have them are massively undervalued mm, it's interesting your thoughts on that evie well I think that in terms of the fact that differences are socialized and, you know, we see sort of different yeah, males and females modeling different behaviors and stuff. I think therapy life is a, actually quite a good example of this. I mean, if, if my daughter is a physio and if the profession is still 75% women, I'm not going to love her being at a conference. That's what 92 men, 58 women in a profession that's, 75% female like I think that that it's sort of a bit of a catch-22 like that's that's not a that's not great female representation either which is maybe going to affect how women physios I don't know perceive perceive what they can do later on you know yeah I, I um, definitely so have had kind of a, a bit sorry, of a vicious cycle no you're grand there's a bit of a I mean, lag there I wasn't meaning to interrupt sorry carry on no no, no you're grand like in in terms of just I suppose I've been thinking about I've been thinking about this like is it that women you know do, you know do women take fewer opportunities is it I mean uh, I was looking at my own figures you know for this theory or uh, physios online I have this project physios online it's sort of the hobby thing it's a collective of physios um, and in that like it's these are all independent physios most of them are musculoskeletal physios it's the same sort of group that you'd expect um, you know, a sort of a therapy live physio conference type type thing. And over 70% of those, there's 137 people registered on that website now. And um, 97 of those are women. So it's not a thing that, that, that women physios are not coming forward or, or putting themselves out. Or I, I don't know. There's, it's not just that. There's but the difference is you're running it. You're running it as mm. a woman. And so you're yeah. going to communicate in a different way. And I, yeah, I, I, I think there's a, there's a lot to be said for we want the women to run the conferences too because they do go about this in a different way. I think that, yeah, that that's I, definitely I've something that I want to... Sorry, I keep doing this. I, I've no, got no. a bit of a delay, so I think I'll keep jumping into but too late. Um, I, I think I've, I've had an ongoing... I continue to have an ongoing conversation, particularly with my friend Leanne Antoine, about some of this stuff around role models. We find it really fascinating to riff on this intermittently, often off-air, of course, but we have <laughs> done it on-air a bit as well, about the specificity of role modelling and stuff like that and how we can see routes forward. Because what you've mentioned there, Evie, about the fact that then is it a catch-22 whereby you've then got a conference that then doesn't have an appropriate either gender parity or uh, uh, isn't gendered in keeping with the profession of which, by the way, it's interesting because Therapy Live isn't Physiotherapy Live. And so one of the things that we're sometimes doing is we're taking not just um, profession-wide statistics, but we're taking CSP member statistics. So physiotherapists, as last time I've, I've done with sample data, so it's a bit 
backward, but physio, state-registered physios in the UK that are non-CSP members are overrepresented male. So okay. you've got this. You've got an interesting thing there. Right. So you use okay. CSP data, you you inflate that, especially in MSK. But equally, my data is not super robust there because we've done sampling data on our mm -hmm. audience over time. But yeah, non-CSP state-registered physios in the UK, you have more males than than certainly twenty-five percent. So there's a few different factors right. there that sometimes play. But and, and we can talk about why that might be. It's another show. But what what I think is is what I wanted to talk about with regards to role modeling is that the organizer being, being male, in this instance, program design, it falls to me and, me and Jim, um, typically, and so you've got two, two blokes there. I think that one of the interesting pieces that kind of Sue touched on is then you've got that off the back of eight years of culture that we've then perpetuated as a brand as Physio Matters, which people have sometimes then said, sometimes in, 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 uh, in compliment and sometimes in, in, uh, as, as an accusation and criticism is that we have a sort of a, a banterous tone to it that's been, again, you, you have to indulge stereotype to call that male, in my opinion. But um, generally speaking, that's kind of what has been suggested is that, that um, some have, have accused it even being then maybe that's the hostile environment to women that you've managed to perpetuate, which obviously mortifies me if that's the case. But so, some have suggested it. But I think that what I find to be really interesting about this conversation, not just this one, but I mean the wider topic that I'd invite, I'm really keen on your thoughts on, so I'll spit it out eventually, is, um, <laughs> is that I can't comprehend personally me acting both consciously and subconsciously in male self-interest when I'm surrounded by women that I love. Like I, I find that really fascinating. Now, of course, there's then, do I value certain traits that then might be sort of symbolically masculine or, or considered we've been socialized to perceive them to be masculine? Pfft, look, there's some there. But generally speaking, for wife, mother, two sisters, amusingly both in engineering, by the way, you've then got a, a, fr a friendship group that's inevitably mixed both by, by couples, etc. And it just feels so interesting then that sometimes we then think, well, if the people that ran it would be picking out more female names. I think, you know, when I look at our team and I think about the contributions that were made by females onto that program, is it ends up being gendered in a similar way. The, um, our advanced practice stream, for example, led in its program designed by, by a woman, um, it's not the, the very similar statistics. Uh, similarly, if, if Felicity uh, was, was more in, in her role in the team, happened to be more close, close, closely linked to program design, do we end up with more females either in the invite list or the acceptance list? We'll run that experiment, trust me, and to some extent we have in the past, but I just don't know underneath this philosophically, we have got this perception that you've got me acting on male self-interest, Evie acting on female self-interest. That's not what I'm trying to say, though. Um, what maybe, I'm trying to maybe not you, I'm, but some are suggesting. Yeah, okay, okay. So, so what, what, what I think, I suspect that a big part of it is, is women who may be a little bit shy to put themselves forward are less intimidated when another woman asks them. Because they see it's a woman asking them and they think, well, they're doing it, so it, it must be okay. And, and and there's a certain amount of trust, whether deserved or not deserved. And 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 particularly, I mean, I know you, Jack, and you'll have seen from the comment on I made on Evie's thread is I know that you elevate women. You asked me. I didn't want to do it. I was I was I was nervous as hell. Even the first time I came on your show, I thought I had nothing to say. What have I got to say? I'm only just, you know 
30 years qualified and run my own business and have an MSc and you know well, do you know what I mean I, I didn't I was, that's what I've said I, I was I was really horribly horribly nervous about it and it had and it got me outside of my comfort zone and I thought oh actually that wasn't too bad um but I think that people women may be more likely to take a leap of faith if it's another woman asking them and that's not your fault or anything you can do anything about and perhaps you might get felicity to ask a few of the women who've been reluctant to do it and see what happens and see if she people have more trust because there's a woman involved i don't know i mean that's equally sexist in a slightly different way but yeah that might be part that's what that's that's what i when i hear this I idea of like, well, I don't know, like I just, the idea that like, ah, oh, to get more women now in therapy life, what you need to do is give them loads of support and caring. You <laughs> just need to be a I'm bit saying. more lovely and soft with them. I don't know. No. I see this kind of thing. It just kind of, I'd be like, ah, oh, here, come on now. Like, I think, I think that maybe if the focus was, if the focus was squarely on ensuring that a, a, a high enough number of women are actually invited. I think that the responsibility of the organizers of really any event, I don't know how much further it goes beyond actually giving the woman that opportunity and well, inviting I, them to speak. I, I, I know this might be a bit, I'm so controversial, <laughs> but I don't, <laughs> but you know, I'm kind of going like, if you, if you ask me to do something, if I'm suffering from some kind of crippling imposter syndrome or, or whatever, I don't know how much that's really your responsibility, Jack, now well, to, to sort of, you know. that, That's really not what I was saying. I was saying that mm. I wouldn't expect the woman to change their behavior to because the, she's asking a woman. I'm just saying that the, there might be a instinctive trust. I'm, I'm not saying you need uh, yeah. to maybe butter them up or anything. No, 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 I but, just, but I know, I just, yeah. I just think there is that kind of there yeah, there probably is. There probably is. Yeah. I think one of the things as well, by the way, Sue, me and Evie have both done it whereby just because there's a corner of your point that then others have made, you know, we, we've oh, I see, I see. Proxy. I was like, well, so, that's not what No, I no, no. We're not meaning to, <laughs> we're not meaning to misrepresent you because I think we're all on a fairly similar page, actually. I think that Thanks probably God. what we're doing is we're inviting, like, we've all heard a lot of, of various different voices that we're trying to welcome into the conversation and, and represent their points. And I think that where, where, where I I want to invite a, a new variable I guess is that you've you've we've just put these statistics up which are yeses and nos accept and decline and the invite stats and stuff and, and we can be and should be scrutinized on those let's make those public I think Evie did post them but I'm happy to and stuff and I'll attach them to this thread but what I wanted to invite is that if we did what you're describing Evie the statistics would be a mess because we get massive amounts of maybes Oh, from women. Women are women are very likely to say maybe, are they? We get. I mean, we we get very we get very few. Fortunately, we get very few no's from everyone, which is lovely. But we get very few male maybes. It's 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 yes or no, and we that's, hope that the no's. Very... We hope that the no's in this instance are because of you know usually the reasons that they give is just you know time clashes etc. And, and and things like that. But yeah, we get a lot of maybes. Now, what do you do with maybes, right? What we do with maybes, this is what I mean about these internal policies, is our maybe, when we get a maybe, is we offer a clarification piece on context. Why we asked you particularly, why, what, what commentary we've been valuing of yours, why, why it is we've associated you to that topic, why often you were first name on the team sheet in that direction. We try to offer that qualifier as a means of, and, and we've got to be careful with that because we don't want to apply excessive pressure as if we're trying to guilt trip them into saying yes, you know. So it's a fine line we try to do, but we try to do it. And we do it at, 
at a time expense that I make sure that we're fighting any urge that might emerge sometimes, particularly when we're under the cost time-wise. I'm fighting any urge within the team or within us to say, oh, sod it, I can't be, we can't add that admin to our, our caseload. So that's what we do. And, and if, therefore, I'm quite pleased with that policy as it stands because I'd be fearful of just how bad the statistics, bad, <laughs> according to this metric, the statistics would look if we, if we took those maybes as notes. I think they might look something like as bad as I remember back in March we had a thread about I, I posted something about how there aren't many women on podcasts, physio podcasts in particular, and a right. podcast host um that you probably know who you know uh, got back to me saying that I think they'd invited twenty five women and some amazing number like I think it might have been nineteen just never responded, um. So like it's that, whereas I think they invited 50 men or 51 men and all 50, 50 out of 51 had accepted the invitation. So I really enjoyed so that, that thread yeah. because someone had said, some uh, a couple of women had said, I've got better things to do. I love it, you know, because that's, that's part of it. It's <laughs> a part of play though, isn't it? Both and the kids, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, I think you all, everybody carves their own niche and you have, you find success in your own ways. And if, and if more women, less women are comfortable doing this, they find success in other ways, you know? So I was never uh, going to be one of the people that would be going down to the pub with all the consultants because, you know, it's a boy, it, it felt too boysy for me. Um, and, and also, you know, I had children and all that kind of stuff. So, so, you know, my best professional relationships on, on getting work are with human resource departments of companies, which are predominantly women, you know, so, so you you find a way to succeed within this patriarchal environment, if you like. It's interesting, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm conscious of time. I don't know if you guys, I'm, I'm happy to go another five if you guys are, are, are available. Is that, happy. Is that okay? Because I, I, I do want to bring in the comments. I didn't realize that time had got away from us. I've been, a, I've been a terrible host, which is one of the reasons why I shouldn't really do this show and Sue should be running it, but we'll, we'll, we'll come back. <laughs> We'll come, back to that. That. we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. So, this, yeah, some really interesting comments. So, let me just pick a pick a bit of a a bit of a sample. Um, we've got some agreement here from Joe Turner, who recently did a podcast on not this similar topic um, on on you matter uh, with with uh, with some women about Evie's last provocation in this space. And I know Evie's on you matter soon. <laughs> Um, but she agrees with Sue that feminine traits are a fantastic basis for leadership, whether displayed by a man or a woman. And that's the thing when people talk about that feminine traits, we've got to be careful because we're not necessarily indulging stereotype. We're just meaning that symbolically and classically socialized and associated feminine traits, which is a mouthful. Um, there's, 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 some, there's some points here that, that speaks to what you both sort of wondered and, and mentioned. Is this what you were concerned about, Evie, about the fact that isn't it rather sexist to prefer to be invited by a woman than a man? Like th that mattering was a concern for you? Uh, no, not that specifically wasn't a wasn't a concern for me. It sort of seems natural enough to me that if you're a woman, if a woman invites you to do something, maybe it's sort of, yeah, it seems not weird at all to me that there might be a higher chance of you saying yes. Okay. Um, what I was concerned, yeah, I was concerned about a kind of a different thing. I can't remember what it was. No, it's fine. Yeah, I just wondered, yeah, because you'd said about how like. Um, you know, it, it, it felt intuitive if you felt like you had to be dead dead gentle or caring yeah. and, and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, that was like referring to in general. So let's say yourself and Jack are trying to get um, some people onto Therapy Life yeah. and you look at Sue and you say, okay, we're sending this to Sue now. We're going to have to make sure that we're 
very supportive <laughs> and let's take good care like that kind of vibe oh, that really idea nice. of that you know take account <laughs> of her of her femininity and all that like it and i don't think that that's the intention behind some of these no, comments no, but it no, does no, no. Sometimes it, 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 comes it, can, it can go that way can't it though that's a good point yeah. and the music i mean we're laughing as heads off because of course that's a surefire way of sue saying piss off you condescending prick yeah um, well exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah you know so that that's what i'm more more what i meant by that yeah uh, David David Zalek, sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name there, David. It's all about choice, conference speakers' effort. For me, it's not about gender. He feels that the the statistics don't don't play out because of that, but because of other dispositions. Um, Joe's reflecting on the maybe question. I want to tell me more. Talk to me. Me and Joe've spoken about this before. It's one of the things that's informed our policy as we do it as conference organisers is to to make sure we lean into those maybes. But uh, I will admit that that is a, a really interesting thing that emerges and. And I wish I'd have, if we hadn't kept good enough statistics for me to to probably give you or what constitutes yeah, a maybe, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so I, I will yeah, look yeah. a bit closer into it if I can, but you know, it's kind of, some of them are a, a yes, but, and some of them are a, a kind of soft nose that we turn into maybes, you know, it's, so it's a, bit, it's a bit variable, I will admit. I think those stats are really great, Jack, and the kind of thing that you sent today, because it's like I said on Twitter, it's a very, very different conversation. When you see a conference that's, seems to have far too few women it's easy to jump to the conclusion oh no here's another example of sexism yeah. whereas actually there might be you know really a lot more going on there and um, and i think that's sort of revealed in statistics like what you've been showing us so. Mm. This is a this is a great comment from oh I think if it, if it if it's indeed the Karen McCreesh then one of our speakers who's also then doing a re-record tonight at eight o'clock so on the Physio <laughs> Matters Facebook here's another chance to advertise. Physio Matters Facebook, 8 o'clock tonight, Karen McCree, Kevin Cuppins and Andrew Jaggi, Research Priorities in Shoulders. Oh, brilliant. That session got missed at Therapy Live because of tech issues and because their moderator didn't turn up, me, because I couldn't get on, right? So I was struggling with the technology, even my end, so that didn't happen. So we're re-recording at 8 o'clock tonight. So if that is, I mean, I assume it's, it's the Karen McCree. Um, it's, it's, it's a brilliant, lovely comment, and thank you, Karen, for joining us today. She said, if women are less experienced as speakers due to fewer opportunities, then maybe there is a need for mentoring. I'm not saying conference organizers have to take that role, but maybe they are ex there are experienced presenters of any gender that would be willing to, and then just to finish that off, would be willing to step up and do that. I would. So I assume it is the Karen McCreesh, and, and what a great opportunity for anyone to lean into Karen's skill set, because I think that would maybe take the edge off a little bit, wouldn't it, if we had that yeah. ability to bring bring that next generation through as up and comers well that would be a nice thing if you have a maybe that you could ask the joe turner questions to but also then put them in touch with somebody who has spoken before perhaps somebody who was willing if some to collaborate and just reassure them then that would be a a good way of going about it absolutely lovely well I, I thank you so much for especially for this little extra five minutes i've just grabbed of your time and uh, obviously the conversation goes on one of the things i was realizing that i might have been come across as if i was doing when when it got raised i, I wasn't saying okay let's let's allocate 30 minutes to that and only 30 minutes ever and we'll solve the problem of course not what i was bringing I was just inviting this as another platform to discuss what is an interesting topic. Thank you, Evie, for raising it. Thank you, Sue. And of course, to Liz, who couldn't join us for throwing your hands up, as many others did. Uh, and the conversation goes on, of course. Uh, and so I just really have enjoyed it. It's been a whistle-stop tour, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll chat again, no doubt. Thank you both. See you. Cheers. Take Bye. care. Bye. Bye.